This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's time for your weekly trip around the bases with your hometown team. It's Inside Twins, where we dive into the minds of the guys in charge for insight, information, and analysis. Inside Twins is brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Here's your host of Inside Twins, Corey Provis. Oh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Inside Twins. We are live in downtown Cleveland at Progressive Field. Final game of this three-game weekend series and the final game of this very successful road trip. Twins and the Indians one more time. First pitch coming up in about an hour from now. This program up until 11.30 Central Time. Chris with the pregame show and then game three at 12.10. Hector Santiago and Trevor Bauer. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Hopefully you're kicking back today enjoying time with friends and family on this Sunday. I'm Corey Provis. Welcome to Inside Twins. You can reach us in two ways by email, insidetwins at twinsbaseball.com or on Twitter, hashtag Inside Twins. And our guest on the program on this Mother's Day Sunday, we welcome in the Chief Baseball Officer of the Minnesota Twins, Always great to chat with Derek Falvey. How are you? I'm doing well, and uh, I want to echo your sentiments. Happy Mother's Day to all the Twins moms out there, and, and my mom, mine as well, and, and my wife. Yeah, Mom, is your mom here today? I know your wife Megan is here. Yeah, my wife Megan is here, and our son is in town uh, for this series. Uh, my mom is not. She's back on the East Coast in Boston where I grew up, but uh, it was good, good, good messages all around to talk to all the moms today. A lot to get to on the show today, and we'll get to the Twins, but uh, being back in this ballpark, for the first time since the postseason last year, memories that, that come to mind initially are what? Yeah, I think walking through the door here, it was nice to see the team uh, back up in Minnesota uh, a little while back now uh, to just get around the players and the staff a little bit more. Coming into the ballpark, I was, I was standing with Chris Antonetti in, uh, in his suite uh, yesterday, uh, kind of in the same area where I watched Rajay Davis hit that home run in Game 7. Uh, and it was, yeah, there's some memories that come back, but... Uh, it's it's fun to be on the other side and try and compete against these guys, and I'm really happy with the last two games we had. Friday, you received your American League championship ring. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, just a pretty special moment, you know, reflecting on what happened last year with this group and, and what you go through over the course of a season to get to that moment in time. And uh, fell came up a little bit short in the end in the World Series, but uh, that doesn't uh, take away anything that we earned through the course of, uh, of, the, of the season and the seasons prior to get to that point. So uh, Chris Antonetti, Terry Francona, Mike Chernoff, a really small group there. I had a few minutes to chat about it and, and reflect on last year, and it was just a special moment I'll always remember. Yeah, very cool uh, for you. And Chris Jimenez, who's in the lineup today, also received his ring uh, here this weekend. Because of your familiarity with the Indians, how how much have you provided to Paul? I'm not sure how much you can really speak to, but how valuable have you been to Paul and the staff about prepping for this ball club? You know, I, I think uh, I joked about that when the Indians came up to Minnesota. That I, I guess I wasn't much help at all because they uh, they swept us there at our own ballpark. But, uh, you know, the things that I've shared are, are mostly – things that our coaches and our advanced war- staff have already found, you know, specific tendencies, what guys try and do, I think what guy, what pitches guys like or otherwise. I have some sense of that, you know, from the course of the time we've been here. 
Uh, but guys adjust. You know, guys get better. And, and not every pitcher does exactly the same thing to every hitter. So I've shared some perspective, but you know, with the hope that they recognize that it's just that perspective. Through the opening weeks of the season, we've seen you some on the road. I know you've been traveling, looking at some uh, amateur players, some minor league players. But being with the team for the duration of this road trip, how beneficial has that been for you for the first time? I think it's critical to be around the team on the road. Uh, not every trip, but I think frequently enough. Because what happens when you're at home is, uh, you know, you go down to the clubhouse, you're around a little bit, but you're back in your office. You have a number of other things you're doing. When you're on the road, you're in the visiting clubhouse the whole time. You know, you're around your staff. You never leave. You get these one-on-one conversations. You have a chance to maybe go out to breakfast with a coach or, or a staff member and, and just chat or have dinner, you know, in, in a case of a rain out, you know, meet some people and, and chat for a little while. That's, that's part of the relationship-building element of the job that, that I'm in and, and Thad's in, that we want to make sure we understand people at that base level, and the only way to do that, that is to build the relationship deeply, and this, this affords that opportunity. Now there were more than 30 games into the season, even going back to the opening of camp, you had the five-minute meetings with the players, yourself and Paul and GM Thad Levine. Now that we're into the regular season, are you maintaining that relationship? Are guys still coming up to you and Thad and Paul about things you discussed during that five-minute session? Yeah, I think, you know, that five minutes was really uh, probably uh, five, 5% of what we wanted in terms of relationship with the player, uh, but it was a good way to kick it off, and we wanted to set expectations. One of the things we said in those meetings consistently was we're going to be around. We're going to be accessible. We're going to tell it to you straight when, when we feel we need to, uh, and we expect that you you give that back. That's the only that's that's how we build trust and respect. And uh, I I think that our players you know to to this point feel that we're we continue to remain accessible and we'll do that when things are going well and when things are going poorly. And and we'll certainly have opportunity for conversations. I've had an incredible opportunity to spend some time with players and talk about what we can do better than we're doing right now in terms of supporting them with whether it's information or staff support or resources around them. Uh, so I think we're just continuing each and every day to find ways to be better and, and to learn about our organization. All right, we'll take our first break. Much more to get to on the program. When we come back, we'll dive into Jose Barrios, what uh, Derek saw yesterday in that stellar 2017 debut. Inside Twins rolls off from Cleveland next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Probe is back with Derek Falvey. I got to get your thoughts on yesterday. Jose Barrios was someone you saw uh, a bit in spring training, and I know you're trying to build a relationship with. Uh, what you, would you make of uh, his performance yesterday? I mean, it was a great day for a, a young kid. A lot of people can take pride in you know, how far he's come. He's had some, and, and most notably himself. I mean, he had some ups and downs last year and a lot of downs. He won't run from that. He knows he learned from that season. Uh, did a lot of work this offseason. It's never been a question about work ethic. It's just, you know, finding a way to get over that hump at the major league level. And uh, Jose came up yesterday. We we hoped he was in a position to, you know, to put himself in a chance to have some success. We knew there's risk in that always with a young pitcher who's coming to the big leagues. You know, there's going to be some ups and downs. He's not going to have games, you know, that look just like yesterday every day. We all know that. But we were really confident that he was in a place mentally and, and ready to go and attack the zone and use his stuff the way he could. Uh, to, to give himself a chance to have success. And, and that, was, that was about as good as an outcome as you could ask from a young kid like that. Yeah, with what we saw here yesterday, but even conversations you maybe have had with Stu and, and Mike Quaddy and, and those that have seen Jose pitch, why is he throwing more first pitch strikes this year than he was last year? You know, I, you, you mentioned Stu and Quaddy, and I emailed those guys right after the game yesterday just to send them a quick note to say, you know, you should be proud of that because those guys have spent a great deal of time 
you know, talking with Jose about trusting his stuff and, and allowing himself to be the pitcher he is in AAA you know, when he's here. And I think the reality is guys transition to the major league level, and it, it's a big jump. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenge up here. And I think sometimes you feel when that, that challenge is presented at the major league level, you have to change the way you're doing things a little bit because what you were doing to be successful in AAA may not translate perfectly here. I think in Jose's case, we wanted to make sure he was confident that what he was doing in, in the minor leagues and attacking the strike zone, getting ahead of the count, letting his stuff play, that allowed him to be successful there. That will translate here over time. I hear you speak of the mental aspect of, of his game and, and where he's at right now in his career. Physically, his windup was tweaked by so many different people last year. There were way too many chefs at times, probably in the kitchen with Barrios last year. Has he simplified it? Are there things that you see physically different with his action, with his windup, with his motion this year? Well, one of the things you, you, you talk about there is, is really just making sure you have one message. You're going to have a lot of voices around a player, uh, but you want one message. So many voices, one message. That's the way we talk about it. So what Stu is communicating to him, what Neil Allen is communicating here, when Eric Rasmussen goes in as the coordinator, we want to make sure that message is consistent. I think in Jose's case, he did some things you know, from a delivery standpoint to be a little bit more direct, a little bit more in line with the plate, you know, less rotational, which we felt would allow him an opportunity to finish his pitches on the plate the way he needed to to get ahead of him. The instability with the roster the last couple of weeks, and it's somewhat stabilized here, hopefully for uh, for many days and weeks to come here. But what do you attribute that to? Is it just better pitching? You know, I, I think uh, when you talk about instability of a roster, I actually view those 25 spots are incredibly valuable. And I think you need to find ways to use them each and every day to put yourself in the best position to succeed. In some cases, that means you know, optioning out a starter to, to get yourself an extra reliever for a period of time when you don't need the fifth starter. Uh, it means swapping out you know, sometimes on the position player side when, when there's the right time to do that. So I think that we're always going to be looking at, you know, usually in 10-day increments, 10 to 15-day increments, how can we maximize the use of those 25 spots on the team? And that, that affords guys opportunity you know, to come up here and, and impact us. And while we'll have our core that will be you know, a part of us for the majority of the year, we'll still find ways to, to add around the edges uh, to make us better. One more thought before we take our next break. With Barrios up, Nick Tepish was the one who was sent down. That was tough on Nick, wasn't it? Up here about three weeks, only had one outing. Perfect example. I think Nick came up, was pitching well in AAA. We, we certainly felt he could give us you know, a chance as a starter. Uh, still feel that way, and you know he had a he had tough duty. You know, called into that Boston game, and uh, after, after having not pitched as frequently as we would like, while we'd want to script everything out, it just doesn't always work out that way. So in Nick's case, when we talked to him, we had the rain out in Chicago the other day. It worked out in a way where we wanted to go get him stretched out again, get him starting in AAA because we think he's going to have an impact on us this year. Now we'll take a break, come back, we'll talk more pitching. Kyle Gibson pitching today down at AAA. Also Kenny Vargas back in the lineup today. Want to get Derek's thoughts on him and his status here so far this season. More of Insights wins next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Game three, Twins and the Indians. The last time the Twins swept a three-game series here, you have to go back to the early 90s. I think it was 1991, the last time the Twins swept a three-game series here in downtown Cleveland. Corey Provost alongside Derek Falvey. I brought up Kenny Vargas's name before the last break. The Twins exercised that fourth and final option on Kenny just before the season began. Now that he's here, 
does, do you want to see him play every single day? And he's been in there more times than not against righties. You know, I think you know, in Kenny's case, we want to make sure that we're putting him positions to you know, give himself a chance to be successful. Uh, certainly he had the fourth option. Uh, spring training wasn't ideal for him, right? He, he goes out to the WBC, didn't get as much playing time as he would have liked, uh, comes back, fouls the ball off his foot, you know, has some time down. So we wanted to make sure we got him to AAA, got some at-bats under his belt, and we knew if he came up here, he could impact us. Now, you know, in terms of how much time he plays, that's something that Paul and the staff, you want to take advantage of each and every day. And we're fortunate, in, you know, in Robbie Grossman and in him and, you know, and Kenny and some of the other guys we have that we can rotate through that DH position. We want to make sure we're putting our, our guys in the best chance to be successful for the team. Have you been able to pinpoint why the offense is so much better at, at making contact this year? Not just doing that, but also drawing walks. But the strikeouts from this offense is significantly down from where it's been in years past. I think we have some guys here um, that are maturing as hitters. You know, I, I think you see someone like Miguel Sano, perfect example of, of somebody who came up to the major leagues, you know, clearly has a lot of talent, has succeeded. Now pitchers adjust. Pitchers start figuring out what hitters' holes are, and they make adjustments. Now it's the guys who stay here and are successful over the long term, they adjust back. And I think Miguel's a great example of a guy who's figured out how to make that second adjustment. And then there'll be more to come. But what we've seen is a lot of young players on our team starting to get to that plate appearance threshold in the major leagues where they're coming into their own as hitters. They understand who they are, what their approach should be. And in doing so, they're going to lay off the pitches that they, they wouldn't otherwise, you know, in the past they may have swung at. What is that number for you, that, that threshold, that Mendoza line, if you will, for plate appearances? I think it's, it's different for different guys, but I think if you were going to uh, broadly consider it, really it's, you know, it's, it's at least two seasons worth of plate appearances in my mind that you really start to understand what a young major league player could look like. I mean, there's the first 300, 400, 500 plate appearances. I've heard from guys before, things are going pretty fast. You know, the game is fast, and they need to learn how to make that transition. Then during that transition period is usually when pitchers have adjusted to those hitters. So that's another transition time. I think, you know, those two two years of plate appearances, and then you start getting into year three, you see what guys are starting to become. And that's what makes a guy like Jorge Polanco so special because he's not at that point yet, getting close, but he had he had a good eye in the minor leagues, and maybe he's more the exception than the norm as he just is, is tough to put away with two strikes. He's the second toughest hitter in the American League to strike out right now, only behind Mookie Betts. You know, Polanco, one punch out every 13 plate appearances. That's just his, his nature, right? Yeah, and that helps. I mean, what you're identifying there, guys who know the strike zone, who, who really have that elite command of it like Jorge does, I think those guys transition maybe at a, a different pace than the, the guys with a little bit more power and a little more swing and miss. So, so no, that, that plate appearance he had in the fourth inning yesterday. Robbie got on. It was a 2-0 count, eventually walked. But Miguel was behind 1-2, and the Twins were down one nothing at the time. And Maurer laid down the bunt hit. That was a key play. But, you know, Sano coming back 1-2 there was huge. You know, one of the things I like to look at, a, a stat I try and track, is how many times a guy gets 0-2 and gets him back to 3-2. Forget about what happens in the result of that at bat. Sometimes he'll strike out. Sometimes he'll pop out. He doesn't get on. But if you can go from 0-2 to 3-2, that's a quality at bat. It may not show up in the line score at the end of the day. We do more of those and battle through when guys are behind in the count. That's the sign of a good approach and a good offensive team. Uh, we'll take a break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins next. We'll dip down to the minor leagues. Also want to get uh, Derek's thoughts on the pitching matchup today, especially the guy going for the Indians and Trevor Bauer. More of Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. Last couple minutes of Inside Twins brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Probe is back with Derek Falvey here in the press box. Kyle Gibson will make his second 
minor league start today. What did you take away from his first one, and what does he need to do to get going? Yeah, I think we talked we talked to Kyle before he left uh, and then in subsequent conversations about some areas of focus for him, you know, really to be attack the zone. You know, he did, he did a great job this spring of, of letting his stuff play, being on the plate, getting ahead of hitters, uh, not trying to be too fine. And that's something that he knows is important during this next stage. Now, regardless of the line, regardless of the outcomes of, of his games, we want to dig on, on that process. How did he get the outs? What did that look like? Because getting AAA hitters out and big league hitters out is a, a different conversation. So we want to make sure that we're reinforcing that. Stu Clyburn's working with him. Uh, on that day in and day out, and, and we'll continue to track and see where he puts himself. Fifth starter the Twins will need, barring any rainouts this week next Saturday, Alberto Mejia through the other night. Better? So, yeah, definitely. Uh, someone who I think we saw at the beginning of the year, not unlike uh, what you see from some young pitchers at different times, trying to at times be too fine, you know, and, and uh, maybe overamped in certain games. And so when we sent him back, we told him to get back into his routine and, and put specific goals in place for what we wanted him to do is, from a pitching standpoint. He's gone and done that now uh, over the last couple of starts, so he's certainly in the mix for that conversation. I wanted to save a couple minutes of the show today to kind of dive into the guy the Twins will see today in Trevor Bauer. Again, your familiarity with this organization and particularly him, uh, what, what's unique about him? I'm sure there's not just one thing. Yeah, Trevor's a guy who you know, incredibly, uh, incredibly dedicated to baseball. I mean, he thinks he eats, sleeps, drinks, breathes baseball year-round. And so somebody who is a constantly working to refine his game and, and make adjustments. And you know, he's gone through some ups and downs. He's had some great stretches uh, in his career. Uh, and I can see where that talent is, you know, behind the – Behind the curtain, I know he's having some tough, uh, some tough go here at the beginning of the year. But we know we know he has pitches, we know he has stuff. He's continuing to mature as a pitcher, but hopefully not today. Yeah, that'd be great to, to see today. Hector Santiago, too, his start. ERA remains in the twos. Is it simply the the grip? change with his changeup has that led to more success no I, I think Hector's a guy he's had he's had success over the course of his career at different levels uh, and uh, certainly a guy who we know is, is durable goes out there competes you know, every game and you know at times you know command can come and go on him a little bit and the, and the walks can creep up but I think you know what you're getting each time out with the way he's attacking hitters and uh, we've been confident you know in him really through the offseason and preparing for this year we feel like he's a guy that uh, fits really nicely in this rotation as a left-handed complement to some of our righties. So uh, we'll continue to, to to watch him and, and continue to support him as he, he goes about attacking. We've got about 90 seconds left in the show today. You and your staff, your focus is it more geared on the big league club and the amateur draft coming up next month before looking at ways to improve the big league club before the uh, July 31 deadline? All of the above. I think that plus player development, you know, making sure that we are focused on the next wave of guys that can come help us here and make sure you can't lose sight of that. You know, you're focused on what's happening at the major league level, but it's important to spend time on the development plans for each of our players. Brad Style and his staff and the development group are on that. We're certainly focused on the draft. You know, that's that's coming soon, and we continue to see those players. But we'll pay attention to what's going on here and then evaluate where our needs are as we go. Do you personally map out your day? Do you block out time that this hour, 9 to 10, is going to be player development, 10 to 11 is going to be amateur draft, and then, or is it not that easy to do? Yeah, I, I am a, my first move every morning, I learned this from Chris Antonetti, is a, a yellow post-it note with a checklist of things I want to try and do today. Usually by about 9.30, that checklist <laughs> is blown up, so that's just reality. I always appreciate the time. Enjoy the game today. Thanks for having me, Gordon. Uh, we thank Derek Falvey for his time. Twins seeking a sweep today. Here in downtown Cleveland, it'll be Hector Santiago for the Twins and, again, Trevor Bauer opposing for the Indians. Looking at the Twins lineup today, Bauer in the number two slot. He will DH. Miguel, of course, at third base. Kenny Vargas will back clean up 
He is at first today. Chris Jimenez will catch uh, Hector Santiago as well today. Jimenez caught Trevor Bauer often last season here in Cleveland. Stay tuned. The pregame show with Chris is coming up next. And then we'll have game three at 1210 Central Time. We thank you for tuning in. More to come on this Mother's Day Sunday right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 